We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's Red Sox Review. Here's Brian Barrett on WEEI. All right, we're with you until midnight after that one. So if you want to weigh in, after a great weekend for the Red Sox, they win on Saturday, they win again on Sunday in comeback fashion. A bad loss tonight, no way around it. 617-779-7937, the number. I just want to start with this because we can get into Brian Bayo. The reality is this, I'm not going to get on Bayo too much. Bayo is making his second career start at the major league level. He didn't have it. He ain't ready. I mean, that's the bottom line. And the Red Sox didn't think he was ready. The only reason that Brian Bayo is up with the team right now is because of all the injuries you have with the rotation, the Rich Hills of the world, the Nathan Evaldi's of the world. We got good news on Nate. He's going to pitch on Friday. But that's why. And Michael Walker's injured. And Chris Sale finally makes his season debut tomorrow. That's the reason. The only reason Brian Bayo is up right now is because of that. So I'm not going to go nuts on the guy. Now, there's some stuff that clearly he needs to clean up. You can see why they like him, but I'll get into that in greater detail as the night goes on. But where I got to start is with this freaking bullpen again. Look, it's going to get better. It is. It's going to get better because Garrett Whitlock's on his way back, etc. Like, I understand all that. It is going to get better. But we got to address the fact that we talk about this all the time because it's a massive issue. What I just cannot comprehend. Do you know who the highest two paid relievers on the Red Sox are right now? Take a wild guess. Who's making the most money in the Red Sox bullpen? Matt Barnes, who has absolutely sucked since you gave him that contract extension, and now he's injured. He's given you absolutely nothing this season. The guy completely fell off a cliff after he got the contract extension. Took him like 40 pitches to get out of the inning in the All-Star game. Never been the same guy. Never been the same guy since then. Completely lacks confidence. And we all know I hated the quote, and I hope that a lot of you hated the quote too last year, when Matt Barnes has the audacity to now, he goes into Alex Cora's office before last year and he tells Alex Cora, I want to be the effing closer. And then he gets paid and we get to the trading deadline. Oh, I'm cool with trading for Kimbrell. Oh, now you're okay with trading for a closer. So he had the mentality to want to be a closer when he hadn't got paid yet. And then all of a sudden... When he got that contract, ah, yeah, you know what? Craig can take the take the pressure. And Matt Barnes, this is how embarrassing this is for Hein Bloom. The two guys he really invested money in in the bullpen, Matt Barnes last year. How do you do in the Astros series? Oh, yeah, he wasn't on the damn roster. I mean, that is flat-out embarrassing, right? And the other guy that he invested money in, and I'm not telling you it's a massive contract, but the second-highest-paid reliever on the Red Sox bullpen is who? Jake Diekman. Jake Diekman. This guy absolutely sucks. I'm sorry. There's no way around it. He's just not good. He's a complete liability out there. The guy will not throw a strike. And when he does throw a strike, he gives up absolute rockets all over the place. You look at Jake Diekman. 
He has been one of the worst relievers in the sport without question all season long. And the problem right now is it's actually getting worse. It is getting worse right now with Jake Diekman coming out of the bullpen. Okay, so you look at it tonight. As I mentioned, the guy walks everybody. He comes into the game in the sixth inning. Okay, what does he do immediately? Hits walls with a slider. And this isn't a tie game. This isn't a tie game. He hits walls with a slider. Again, the guy has no idea where the freaking ball's going. He gets Phillips to line out on a sinker. Okay, you're feeling okay at that particular point in time. And then he throws a brutal slider to Diaz. Yandy Diaz, like the one guy you're worried about in this lineup because all the race guys are hurt. Franco's not in there. He's dealing with an injury. Kiermaier could be out for the season. He may never play in a Tampa uniform again because he's dealing with a serious hip issue. All their guys are hurt. This is the one guy you have to worry about in the lineup. And what happens? Oh, yeah, he throws him a terrible slider, middle-middle. Diaz crushes it, 7-6 game because Walls comes around and score. Then he's out of the game. Three batters this guy costs you. I mean, he comes into the game. He can't even get out of one inning. And it's not Cora's fault. He doesn't have enough arms out there right now. Who else can he go to? He doesn't have enough arms right now. There's not enough quality arms from Hein Bloom. And we still have to question, is Hein Bloom capable of building a bullpen? Because last year you can say, yeah, it worked out, right? Robles at the end of the season was good. But remember, at the end of the season, Cora had to go to starters out of the bullpen. I'm not even talking about in the postseason where Cora made up for Hein Bloom's brutal bullpen by using his starters out of the pen, the Pavettas of the world, the Hawks of the world. Those guys were doing that at the very end of the season just to get you into the postseason. So, yeah, Robles was great, but the rest of the guys that Heim had back there in the bullpen were not great. That's part of the reason you had to use starters. And it feels like we're on that trajectory again right now because Diekman's a non-entity. That guy sucks. He's absolutely atrocious, and he's one of the only guys that you went out and you actually paid. You actually gave money to this guy, two years, $8 million, and this is what you get. I mean, the guy is not good enough to pitch for the Boston Red Sox, and this is the one guy you paid. You look at it, Diekman coming into tonight. So if you just take since the beginning of June, how bad Diekman has been. He has a 20.8% walk rate. He's walking every fifth hitter that he faces. And tonight we saw him hit a guy. That's dead last during this stretch. He's dead last all season long. His walk rate on the season is nearing 18%. Since the start of June, it's at 20.8%. So his control issues are actually getting worse, if you can imagine that. And his hard hit rate is now 54.2% since the start of June. That means balls off the bat 95 plus miles an hour. 185th out of 186 qualifiers. So think about this. Just think about this for a second. He's either walking a guy, and when a ball is in play, it's an absolute rocket. I mean, you could not come up with a worse recipe. He puts guys on base, and then the next guy comes up and he hits a bomb. That's what happens against Diekman. I mean, it's just it's embarrassing that this is the one guy that Bloom identified in the offseason to bring in. And the thing that irritates you the most about Diekman this isn't like you couldn't see this coming. He sucked last year. The reason the high bloom went out there and got him is he saw the value. And because he's got a nasty slider, it's got all kinds of crazy horizontal break on. It. I get it. It's he got crazy movement. 
Yeah, but he sucks. He's not good. I don't care about the fact that he has a good slider. He's not a good pitcher. You look at his numbers last year. They started to fall, and they've been starting to fall the past couple of years. Last year, he walked 13% of batters. That's atrocious. The year before that, it was at 14.3. The year before that, it's at 17. Now he's at his worst spot because he was getting worse as he was getting older, and Bloom thought that he could get him right. Then you look at some of the other numbers here. The ground ball rate continually goes down. Two years ago, it's at 60% in the shortened season. Last year, 34.8%. This year, 34.8%. So the reason I point out the ground ball rate is it tells you he's not putting the ball where he wants it to go. He wants to get swings and misses, and he wants to get balls on the ground, and he can't get either. And the guy running this organization, High and Bloom, made a bet that they could get him right. Bloom deserves credit for some of these guys, the Shrivers of the world, et cetera. They were able to take lottery sh- tickets, if you will, take shots on guys and make them work. But this is the one guy you invested money in. And it's almost an arrogant approach in a way, isn't it? It's almost Belichickian where, hey, we get him in our system and we'll get him to work. This guy's been absolutely atrocious. And the other thing I'd point out about Bloom, he let Adam Adovino go. And I'm not saying that I was saying, hey, bring back Adam Adovino. But Adam Adovino leaves and he's better. And then you bring in Deekman and he's even worse than he was last year. So guys are leaving and they're getting better. Guys are coming here and they're getting worse. It's not a good look. All right, before we go any further, though, we do have to hear from the manager, Alex Cora, because this was just a really difficult loss for this team after the way that they responded over the weekend. They were great. And here's what Alex Cora had to say on the Red Sox postgame show presented by Nissan. And by the way, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store in NissanUSA.com today. You know, we hit a guy, and then Yandy hit the double against uh, Jake. Then we brought Ord, and he hit the ball the other way. Then in the in the in the eighth, you know, we drop a ball, and we don't make a play at first, and and that was it. They kept batting on, but um, um, I like the effort, you know, of course. But uh, you know, um, we got to finish games, and we didn't finish today. Not too many swings and misses early on, but then. Uh, he made some adjustments and, and he got the swings and misses. Uh, you know, they put some good swings. Uh, you know, I don't know the ball. Yeah, and they hit down the line. It is what it is, right? Uh, but uh, you know, I think after the third inning, um, you could see it. You know, we we went with the fastball in other places. Uh, we used the fastball a little bit more, and uh, you know, he gave us 12 outs. You know, at that point, you know, uh, we needed him to to do that, and he did. You know, obviously. There's a lot of growing, you know, a lot of learning, and uh, tonight was a great learning experience for him. But uh, we were very pleased with the last two innings. Uh, he gave us a chance to win the game. He wasn't using his sinker as much early. Is that part of the adjustments that you're talking about? Um, I mean, obviously, you pitch to the scouting report, but at the end, you know, uh, that pitch is really good. And, uh, you know, I think he gained confidence, you know, throughout the outing and started using his fastball a little bit more, and, and you saw it, you know, we contact, swing, swings and misses. He actually started throwing four seamers up in the zone, and uh, he did a good job towards the end. That second inning, I mean, he threw a lot of pitches, a lot of guys on base to come back out and, you know, have two good ones after that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's it's the big leagues, you know. Uh, um, you know, yeah, we got to protect them, but we got to protect the rest of the staff, and... Uh, Lefties did a good job, and then, you know, Jake, he just one pitch to Yandy, you know, uh, he put a good swing on it. 
one of the biggest things he needs to do, just kind of just be able to really. The pitch mix, I think, uh, is going to help uh, and confidence too. You know, uh, you know, it's not that easy, but uh, the talent is there. We know that, and uh, you know, um, he's still learning how to pitch. He's still learning how to use his fastball in certain spots. Uh, you know, I think the changeup hasn't been uh, the pitch. You know, like. That was a good pitch. He, he, he has a good changeup, and in, in, in the two outings, he's been erratic with it. But uh, you see the potential, you know, and he's going to keep running. What have you seen from Deepman in the last couple? Um, he hit that batter. Um, you know, actually, Phillips put a good at bat, too. Uh, you know, he took some sliders, uh, you know, old two count or whatever it was, you know. Uh, you know. And then Yandy put some good swings on it. The slider, you know, he's trying to rip it down and in, and it just stay in the middle of the zone. Uh, you know, with Jake, he, he has swing and miss stuff against uh, lefties and righties. And we're going to make sure, you know, uh, we, we get that slider down and in and in that spot, and we'll continue to work with him. All right, that's Alex Cora after the game tonight. The reality is this. I feel bad for Cora because what is he supposed to say? What he wants to say right now is, yeah, he sucks. I mean, Deakman absolutely blows. It was a mistake behind Bloom to bring the guy in here. Think about what Corey just said there. We're going to continue to work with the guy. <laughs> How could you? He's not going to get better. He continues to get, he's, continues to get worse. I feel bad for Corey. He has to go to this guy because he doesn't have options back there in the bullpen. But, man, what a miss by Hein Bloom. What a massive miss. So, like, as great as Schreiber has been for this team, think about this. They didn't plan on Schreiber being a high-leverage guy. If you really think about how things happen for this Red Sox team, just think about this for a second here. And think about how sort of lucky they've gotten with some of these guys. Schreiber, great find and all that. Heim deserves credit for that because he found that under-the-radar guy, which we found out last week in the Great Kill Show. It upsets him when he misses on the under-the-radar guys rather than when Kyle Schwarber leaves the organization. I didn't say that. He did. He said that last week in the Great Kill Show. Y'all heard it, right? But anyway, just getting back to my original point. The plan coming into the season, your high-leverage guys... We're going to be Whitlock. Okay, that's fine. The guy's great. We all know that, right? And then it was going to be essentially Matt Barnes, a bounce back year for Barnes. Hansel Robles was going to do what he did last year. These are the guys that were pitching high leverage situations earlier on in the season. And as I mentioned, that's not Cora's fault. That's Hein Bloom's fault. Nobody ever knew who the hell John Schreiber was. He turned out to be really good. And it's great that they actually have a reliable guy there. And Tanner Houck, remember, Houck started the season in the rotation. And then they put him into the bullpen. So the guys that, and Sawamora, he was supposed to be like this big guy for them. And Sawamora was good yesterday. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. He looks better lately. But these are the guys that Heim was relying on. Diekman and Barnes. They've given you nothing. And Barnes is now dealing with an injury. But you thought that Barnes was going to be good this year after the way it ended for him last year? How could you? You guys organizationally decided he was not going to be on the roster for the ALCS. So your plan was him and a lefty that walks the ballpark. Those are the two guys who are going to be high leverage situation guys for you. What an absolute joke. 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett taking you up until midnight. Okay, so if you want to weigh in on another game where the bullpen was a problem, another game where... Guys are playing out of position, and they're costing you when it comes to that. That's on the table as well. If you do want to weigh in on Bayo, you can. I'll get into some of the numbers with Bayo from tonight. I'm not overly concerned about him long-term. It's just here's the reality with Bayo. He ain't ready, okay? He's not ready. He wasn't supposed to pitch, but that's not on anybody in the organization. Walk is hurt. Hill's hurt. Sale's just getting back tomorrow. Avaldi's hurt. It's not like the organization had a plan. Hey, we want to get Bayo up. In fact, if those guys are healthy, he doesn't start this year. 
So I'm not going to get too worked up over his performance tonight. It wasn't good. I mean, you can tell he's got good stuff, but it wasn't good. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you here on EEI. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. And trending now is brought to you by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store and NissanUSA.com. I should tell you, my parents, well, I don't know if I should tell you, but I'm going to tell you. My parents have a Nissan, Nissan Rug. They love it. They tell me they love it. Well, the Rays beat the Red Sox tonight 10 to 5. Jake Diekman sucked. He gave it up. In the sixth inning, Brian Bayo, not a great performance from him. His final line in this game, four innings, gives up seven hits, five earned. He walked three. Not a great outing from Brian Bayo. And again, like I said, I'm not going nuts over that, but the reality is he was not particularly good. And maybe you're hoping, okay, maybe Bayo can be part of the equation for the rest of the season in some capacity. No, he's not going to be. He's just not ready at this particular point in time. J.D. Martinez, this is a good thing from this game. He goes two for four in this game, drives it a pair of runs. Ever since the start of the Yankee series, J.D.'s been hot, which is a good thing going forward for this team because they needed him to. Xander Bogart's also a pair of hits. Verdugo, a pair of hits as well. So with Rafael Devers out, this is a good thing to take away from this game. That Verdugo, who was red hot for a while, went cold. Now he's heating back up, obviously, the huge hits over the weekend. Bogart's starting to figure some things out. And J.D. has been great over the past couple of games, which is a great sign to see because it had gotten concerning as it pertains to J.D. hitting for no power. All right, well, the Sox and the Rays will play the second of their four-game set Tuesday night at the Trop. That's a 7-10 first pitch across the Shaw's and Star Market, WEI Red Sox Network. Shaw's and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. Tune into the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 6-10 with Mutt. That's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. Chris Sale! And you, if you want to wait on that, you can as well. I'm going to get into that in just a little bit. Chris Sale makes his season debut. Corey Kluber goes for the Rays. Loomer Loney reporting that David Krejci is in negotiations to return to the Bruins. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
All right, we're taking you up until midnight, 617-779-7937. I did want to touch on this real quickly, too, because the two things that irritated me the most in this particular game, Deekman just continuing to be bad. He said after the game, it's embarrassing that after the Red Sox had come back from 5-1, to one, that he gave the lead right back to the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, I would hope so, but at this particular point in time, I can't really blame Deekman anymore. He's just a bad player. He's just a bad pitcher. He shouldn't be on the mound for the Red Sox anymore. He cannot throw strikes. And now when he is throwing strikes, they're getting crushed because he has no command. <laughs> like that slider that he throws to Diaz, it's middle-middle. I'm not mad at Deekman. I'm mad at Hein Bloom. This guy should not be in the Red Sox bullpen. He just should not be in the bullpen anymore. He's not reliable. He can't throw strikes. He's just not good. The other thing that irritated me tonight is you got Bobby Dahlback playing at third, and I get that's his natural position, and he's playing there because you're dealing with the injury to Rafael Devers. I get all that. But it's just irritating. This team cannot catch a damn pop-up. How many times are you going to watch this? It was Arroyo the other night. It was Franchi the night before that. And then we see it tonight with Bobby Dahlback. It's unbelievable how often this happens to a team that has aspirations to get into the postseason. They can't catch damn pop-ups. It's flat-out embarrassing. And then here's the other thing that because Dahlback did that, it just got me thinking about the whole Dahlback situation. Can somebody answer the question for me? Why the hell is he here? Why is he part of this team? Why did Bloom again, this comes back to Bloom. Why did he believe that you could start the season with Bobby Dahlback playing about 80% of the games? Because let's not dismiss this. The Red Sox came into the season. You know who their other first baseman was? It wasn't Franchi yet. And Franchi cannot play the position. We all know this defensively, right? I mean, he, he's horrible. Minus three defensive run saves in minimal innings. He's absolutely atrocious there. And again, I don't put that on Franchi. He's not a first baseman. But you need him to play at first base because Bobby Dahlback is not hitting. So you need to have sort of a platoon situation there, right? But here's the thing with Bobby Dahlback. They decided to come into the season. And remember, at the beginning of the year when Cassis was hitting the crap into the ball. Now he's making his way back from an injury and all that. So it's not an appropriate conversation right now. But at the beginning of the season... The idea that Tristan Cassis could come up quickly, the Red Sox poo-pooed that. They said, no, he needs his reps at the minor league level. So they were going to wait on Cassis no matter what, even with the injury. So the plan was Travis Shaw was not going to play much. Bobby Dahlback was going to play in 80 to 85% of the games. How do you make that bet? He wasn't good last year. He had one good month. Other than that, he wasn't good. I acknowledge he had a great month, but it was one month. And now you look at Dahlback this season. He's striking out 30% of the time. That is 220th of the 236 hitters that have had at least 200 plate appearances. Absolutely atrocious. He's slugging 333. That's 206th of 236 hitters that have had at least 200 plate appearances. Think about this. So he strikes out all the time, and he doesn't hit for power. What is he bringing you offensively? And he only hits 238 against lefties with a 397 slugging percentage. So he doesn't do any damage off lefties. So even the whole idea of him platooning to hit against left-handed pitchers, he doesn't hit lefties. He doesn't hit for power. He strikes out all the time. And he's at minus four defensive runs saved at first base, which only one guy in the sport at first base is worse than him when it comes to that. So he's not a good defender. He doesn't hit for power. He strikes out all the time, and he can't hit lefties. You tell me, what is the point of him? And that's why I continue to come back to the Schwarber situation. If you weren't going to prioritize defense at first base, because we all knew that Dahlback wasn't good there, so if you weren't prioritizing that to begin with, why isn't Schwarber on the team? At least he gives you a pop. Yeah, he's a horrible defensive player, no matter where you put him, but at least he gives you a pop. Bobby Dahlback gives you nothing. 617 779 
The number. Let's get to Ken in California. Hey, Ken. Ryan, how are you? I've been better, Ken. I was I was fired up after the weekend, and then this crap tonight. Me too. And you know, obviously, Bayo is not ready. Okay, he needs another year down in AAA. But what in the hell is Deakman doing coming into a close game? And then you bring in Phillips Valdez? Come on, Phillips Valdez? Uh, the problem is, Ken, a lot of these guys are down because they pitch so much over the weekend. That's the problem. There's not enough quality arms yeah, out there. We, like Sal Amora, he can't pitch minute, today. Though. He's down. Schreiber didn't pitch yesterday. Yeah, but they've said on okay. multiple occasions they got to be careful with Schreiber right. because he doesn't have a lot of innings right. in him in the past. So they got to make sure they get Schreiber to the finish line. The problem is, Ken, you, you, you can't just pitch all these guys all the time. So the problem is, outside of the main guys that you have, right, the Hawks of the world, the Schreibers of the world, Brazier's actually been good. Brazier's been good lately as well. But outside of those guys, there's not a lot of dependable arms out there. And you do have to throw some of them, or these guys that are your premium relievers, they're not going to make it to the finish line. That's the problem. Yeah, but uh, Schreiber didn't pitch yesterday. Strand pitched one inning yesterday, a quick inning, okay? Yeah, but remember, Ken, Strom Strom went through. Hold on, but Ken, Strom went through a funk because he was pitching too much. He was pitching too much. He went through a funk. They had to give him some more time off. Remember, he threw 41 pitches a couple of, like a w- week and a half ago, which ended up hurting him going forward. So they have to be careful with some of these guys. Look, and I understand your frustration, but I'm just telling you that there's not enough quality back there, so they have to give some of these guys extended days off every once in a while so they are fresh, or you're going to get diminishing returns on these guys. Well, and another thing, Tanner at uh, Tanner Hawk. Um, Whitlock never should have been starting. Never. They fouled him up. That's how he got hurt. Okay? Starting. No, that's a fair it. point, Ken. I'm with you on that. And I, I look at that. How do you not relate the two things and say, okay, well, he was healthy, and then all of a sudden you ask him to do a different thing, which it's different on your body, right, Ken? I mean, you're going into the dugout in between yeah. innings. You're going through lineups a couple of times. It's a different stress on your body. So here's my whole thing, Ken. If they were going to do this, if Whitlock was going to be in the rotation at any point this season, they should have just started the season that way and had Whitlock in the, the bull, uh, had Hoke in the bullpen. They should have just done that. Absolutely, absolutely. That was a major, major foul up. Yeah. Hey, Ken, I appreciate. Uh, they could, they, there could be at least five more wins. Oh, I agree with, with you. Yeah. No, you're you're totally right on that, Ken. There could be, and I appreciate the call, my friend. Great stuff as always. His lines open at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. My whole issue is, okay, you got to a point, and maybe it's because of the whole vaccination status with Tanner Houck. Maybe that's part of the calculus for why. And remember, Rich Hill's father unfortunately passed away, which made it really difficult for the rotation as well. So you're down not just one guy, two guys. And this is before, remember, Sale's making his debut tomorrow, so you didn't have Sale. So I understand that you needed a starter for that game. And I'm fine with throwing Whitlock out there for one game against the Blue Jays, but he should have gone back to the bullpen. He's one of the best relievers in the sport, and it did feel like, in some sense, what the Red Sox did is they looked at what's in the best future of Garrett Whitlock in 23, 24, 25, when you should be looking at what's in the best interest of the 2022 Red Sox as all these guys are coming up for free agency and you're looking to win a World Series. It was just a bad move. You should have pushed him back here. And to Ken's point, and I've said it before as well, you can't rule out the injury being because he was doing a totally different thing. It's not the same being a starter and a bullpen guy. Even Alex Cora has said that Garrett Whitlock's going back to the bullpen because that's the best thing for him health-wise. That's part of the calculus here. 
617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Jay in Warwick. What's up, Jay? Hello? Hey, what's up, Jay? What's going on? Um, I uh, I actually kind of changed my mind about what I was going to talk about. I want to talk about Sao Miura. Yep. Excellent, excellent, excellent job last night by Sao Miura. He was great. Hats off. Oh, he was phenomenal. He it's, was popping. I mean. Well, especially too, Jay, because if you remember, his previous outing was was absolutely embarrassing, where he walked four guys in an yeah. inning. I mean, and that's where he had kind of turned it around for a while. And then he had that outing, which was just, in, in my words, it's just completely unprofessional. I mean, you cannot do that. So to see him respond last night in a major way, I mean, he got some help from the umpire behind the plate, but he had five called strikes oh, with I- his splitter. Five called strikes with a four-seamer. He was painting. So you got to give him credit. He did. Oh, Stanton, Stan, you know what? If I was Stanton, I would have probably gotten thrown out of that game because he got rung up on three outside pitches. Yeah, that, that, was that, that was brutal. And the other night, uh, the game that Crawford pitched in, remember, Jerry Lane missed a changeup that was right down the middle. I don't know how that happens. Yeah. Everyone's, fight, everyone's fighting for the uh, – uh, what's uh, the the laser strike zone? Take yeah, the the automated, out. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be against that either. I mean, it'd be crazy. It, oh, if only we had technology to tell you if it's a strike or not. Oh, um, yeah, obviously we do, but I don't know. Human error is is what I love about. All right, the I game. don't want Jay. Mean, I don't want to do this too long. What what, what what's your other that, point? I don't right. want to talk about the umps. All right, my other point is you're bringing up a lot of guys who are getting a lot of experience. A lot of pitchers who get a lot of experience. Jay, what's the point? In moving forward, I mean, what do you what do you think like moving forward your pitching staff is gonna look like? These guys are all getting nice experience and they're nice and young. Connor Siebold, I don't think Jay, I don't know what you're asking. You talking about in twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four? Yeah, I'm asking what do you what do you think moving forward like into the next couple of years? Like right, what do I'll, you think? Yeah, Jay, I appreciate the call, my friend. In in terms of the guys, Bayo's gonna be part of the equation long term. He's the number one pitching prospect in your organization. I really like Winkowski despite the bad outing that he had the other day. The previous four were good. Seabold sucks. I, I don't want to see that guy on the mound again. He absolutely sucks. He has no conviction. He has no confidence. He has no courage. He pitched scared the other day. I hate that crap that he does with his glove. I want to rip it off his damn hand. He's not good enough. Seabold is not good enough. His changeup is not great, and that's supposed to be his best pitch. It has not been good at the big league level, so I've had enough of Seabold. I don't want to see that guy back on the mound again for this team. In terms of the young guys, Crawford has really turned it around, and I get it. It's just two outings. But he's looked like a totally different pitcher the past two times he's been out there. And I give him credit. He changed his approach in both games. Now, the most important thing for him is he's peppering the strike zone with strikes, which he wasn't doing before. I mean, the walk rate prior to his last two outings was 14.5%, which is just absolutely atrocious. I mean, it's not Deakman-level atrocious, but it's bad. And his past two outings, he's at 5%, which is really good. Okay, and the other thing I'd say about Crawford is against the Yankees, who are right-hand heavy, the most featured pitch was his cutter. Okay, then the Rays, who, of course, he pitched as the bulk guy last week. The curveball was his second most used pitcher. I should say his third most used pitch, but he used it 24% of the time compared to the day against the Yankees, where it was under 15%. He altered to the opposition. I like his stuff. I like Crawford's stuff, and I like Crawford's makeup. Let's get to David in Florida. Oh, boy. Hey, what's up, David? Hey, 
you know, um, I mean, that's what happens two things. I mean, first of all, you, like you said before, the reason why they're playing players out of position is because they don't have any two-way players who can play offense and defense, who can hit well and play defense. So, and that's why – that's I mean, so what is Chaim waiting for to make a trade? He can't be stupid. I mean, you don't get to be where you are in life unless you have a brain. And, uh, I mean, and he's been in the game for a while. So, I, I, I mean – what, what do you think, I mean, what is he waiting for? The longer it goes, the more difficult it becomes to make a trade. Well, so- David, to, to, your, to your first point, I think it's difficult. And look, they actually did this like a week prior in 2020 when the Red Sox were sellers. They did make that move early because they smelt the desperation of the Phillies and they ripped off the Phillies. Remember, they got Nick Pavetta, and I don't like Seabull, but he was considered like a decent prospect. And they got Pavetta, who's now in the rotation, for Heath Embry and Brandon Workman, who would both never be good at pitching again. So that's the thing that you have to factor in, is the only reason the Phillies made that move is they're desperate. So if you look at it from a Red Sox perspective, it may behoove them as much as this sucks to wait, because the problem is right now, if you're going to make a move, one of those teams is just going to have to be completely wowed or they won't do it because they know their relievers out there, their first baseman out there, there's going to be other teams interested. So that really right now the seller is in the position of leverage, if you will. I mean, I think that, that, that Frenchie is the one who shows the most promise and he could be the most marketable. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, all you want to, or I mean, I'm just move Devers to to, to to DH next year and then get rid, of, maybe you can get why, rid of. Why? To, why to is Devers now? moving to DH? I don't understand that. Devers has been pretty good defensively this season. Why is he moving? He, he's been better than he was last year, but I still, I still think at best he's an average third baseman. He, his range is his, his range is okay, limited. Okay, David. So uh, David, hold on. Uh, why are you talking about Devers tonight? I don't understand. What is your fixation with Devers? Stop. He's one of the best players in the sport. Why is he? He hasn't played for five days. Why is he the thing you're bringing up tonight? Why is Devers a problem tonight? He didn't even play. And you're finding a way to blame Devers for something he had no part of. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Brian. Brian, What? You're you're missing my point. What is your point? As an example, my point is that at the big picture, they have to sacrifice offense to get that hold the fix the holes that they have. They have to make a trade in a big trade like they did in 04. This team is not that much different than the 04 team. The, the 04 team never would have won the World Series unless um, unless unless Amphia was was um, bold enough to make the Nomar trade. And that's what this team needs to do. They need to get rid of a big offensive piece to get a couple of quality who, pitchers who, who? and. Who is this big know. offensive piece? Your big offensive pieces are J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, Rafael Devers. So, You're trading one of those three? Trade J.D. Move, move, for who? Move, move for to who? The for who? Know, You're just telling me. I don't know. J- David. You're calling up and you're telling me to trade J.D. or trade Bogarts or somebody, and you don't even give me who you want. Like, right. if you're trading a guy like that, you've got to get something big in return. Right. Who? You know, Brad Stevens made a great trade, right? I mean, that, I'm Brian. You know, the beauty of sports radio is that all all we fans, all our fans, we get to spot, speculate and pontificate. And, yes, but David, up, David, not- David, hold on. You can do that, but at least have a guy in mind. You're telling me about you want to prioritize defense. What are you trading away? One of your best hitters to get somebody that can Who's play that, what? That what first, position? What position? 
first base. That first baseman okay, for well, you Colorado. Don't need, you would, David, anybody that you, uh, if you're trading, say, hypothetically for C.J. Crone to the Rockies, why the hell do they want J.D.? Yep. You tell me. Why would they want J.D. Martinez? Tell me. Why would they want J.D.? Why is he trading? I don't know, Brian. Huh? That's that's their job, Brian. That's the executive. Why job. would it's the Rockies trade away C.J. Crone for J.D. in the final year of his contract? Why would they do that? And they suck. What does J.D. do for the Rockies? And throw in throw in some extra some extra prospects. Well, why would you? They don't want J.D. Why, why is J.D. part of the calculus? They don't want him. David, I can't do it tonight, man. I'm sorry, man. You just made you're you're not making any points. You're not no seller wants J.D. Martinez. Why? Why would they want J.D. Martinez? If you're selling, right, this is what happens. It's very simplistic. A team says, like the Rockies, okay, you want to call them about Daniel Bard, who would be great for this team, bring him back, great story, and get C.J. Crone to play first base for you. Okay, why would the Rockies, who suck, why would they want veterans? You know what they want? They want young prospects. And that's the interesting thing as it comes to Bloom. What prospects is he going to be willing to part with to help this team? This team won a World Series. But I don't know what the hell David's talking about. I mean, it makes no sense. You need to take one of your big hitters and trade him for a first baseman. I mean, what are you talking about? 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Steve in New Hampshire. Hey, Steve. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. Hi. I know it's frustrating. This is the one thing I don't get. If you need something and you have a weakness on your team, why wait till you keep losing game after game after game to solve that problem? If, you know, it doesn't seem like anywhere in sight that there's going to be a contract extension for Bogarts and Devers, and if you're going for it this year and the bullpen is killing you, why do we keep waiting, whether that's help from Allen in the farm system to bring someone up, or that's a trade that needs to be made. Why are we losing so many games and we're not making well, a move? Yeah. No, Steve, that is a move Steve you, bring, you bring up a really good point. Now, they did bring up Caleb Ward to see what they can get out of that guy. I would have rather seen Zach Kelly up here, but at least they brought somebody up from the farm system. I understand your aggravation, too, because I am as aggravated as you are, but here's what I'll say to that, Steve. Heim screwed himself in the offseason. When all these relievers oh, were available, he didn't go after him. The I guy, the, the one guy he signed was Deakman. So the problem right now is it's going to cost you way more if you make a move right now than waiting a week or so or waiting until the deadline at the end of the month. You're not in a position of strength, of leverage. You know what I mean? Like if you make the trade now, of, what's that? that? That's part of the thing. I called you like maybe a week ago and I said the same thing about we talked about Tapera. We talked about yeah. these relievers that they could have got for feet. And this is my main issue. Like, if you're going for it this year and the wild card, you're not catching the Yankees. That's realistic. I don't care how many games you take from them. The Yankees are off like 14 games. It's not happening. Yeah. Okay? So you need to get that wild card. And the wild card spot right now is very tight. You know Toronto is going to be there. They have the talent. Tampa Bay is going to be there. And that's just talking about two other teams on the AFC. I mean, the AFC. The um, the American League East. Yeah, That's I'm with you. Yeah. about other teams that can still compete. So it's like the more the more lose losses you take from the bullpen, the more you're risking losing ground yeah, and missing but, out on the playoffs and missing out on Bogarts and Devers in the yes, offseason. Yes, Steve, I'm completely that. with you. If any team, and I appreciate the call as always, man. I appreciate it. it's good points, but my I totally agree with you. Pretty much everything you said, I totally agree with you because you should be all in because of the contractual status of these guys. This is your opportunity to win. And Heim screwed the team over coming into the season with the lack of bullpen arms. So even if it does get better, and it will because Whitlock's going back to the bullpen, 
You already screwed yourself over by losing all these games because your bullpen sucks. All right, 617-779-7937, the number. So if you do want to weigh in on the trading deadline, the Dahlback situation, why is he still playing? The Deekman just miscalculation by Bloom. That's on the table as well. You can weigh in on the Bayo outing as well. 617-779-7937, the number right here on EI. All right, I want to get this on record just so I don't forget. I believe Chris Sale's going to have a good season, or I guess good half a season. Cora said on multiple occasions his changeup's back. He didn't have a changeup last year. That's why righties hit about 290 off him with an OPS over 800. I believe Sale's going to have a good year, and he needs to have a good year with everything that has happened with this guy. He's barely pitched since he signed the contract. Let's get to Jack and Quincy. Hey, Jack. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Good, man. <clears throat> Yeah, um, you're still angry about the Red Sox, right? I'm still angry after tonight. Yeah, what do you mean? I don't like Deekman. Well, I mean, I don't like Deekman pitching in games. So yeah, I guess I'm angry right now. Yeah, but I mean, they're still leading the wild card, and that's all that matters. They they win, they lose, they win, they lose. Okay, Jack, 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 so Jack, hold on, Jack, Jack hold on, Jack. Do you know what the name of the show is? Do you know what the name of the show is, Jack? What? Red Sox Review. So we review the game. We talk about the games. So Okay, yeah, but you just seem so angry when they lose. Yeah, they I am. You don't get angry? Well, yeah, well, I've been a fan. I was nine years old in 75. Yeah, I was angry. But 04, 07, you know. It, it, you All right, Jack, I can't do it tonight. I appreciate the call. I can't do it. Let's get to Mark in New Hampshire. Hey, Mark. Hey, how are you, Brian? Hey, listen, I just, uh, you know, I know we got Whitlock coming back. I know sales coming back. You know, Bale's up from AAA and, and whatnot, but I'm just kind of wondering uh, what your thoughts on are if if Bloom doesn't make a, a you know trade uh, you know come the deadline you know get a couple arms in the bullpen or you know a big offensive piece what kind of effect that's going to have on uh, mutiny Mark the team's absolute mutiny going into the second half yeah Mark absolute mutiny remember what happened last year they were pissed they lost four in a row they lost seven of eight because they felt like the guy in the front office failed them. And look, Mark, even if they did ultimately get it right and say, hey, Robles was really good for this team, and once Schwarber got into the lineup, he was good. But remember, it took three weeks for Schwarber to play because he was coming over injured, and that's part of the reason you only had to give up Aldo Ramirez in that particular deal. The team was pissed. There's no way around it. He cannot make that mistake again, especially with all the contract stuff. He cannot make that mistake again. I'm completely with you on that. He's got to, he's got to strike. Absolutely. No, I completely agree with that. All right, man. Good stuff. I appreciate the call, my friend. He cannot make the same mistake he did last year. They were and like even if you want to say, hey, that, that shouldn't have happened. They shouldn't have had a letdown. They were the best team in the American League East at that particular point in time. They shouldn't have had a letdown. Well, you know what? The reality is they did. They had a letdown. They were pissed off. They didn't think Heim Bloom did enough because they're like, well, Schwarber, this dude can't play for three weeks. And Anthony Rizzo was rumored to go to the Red Sox. Like that whole thing was going on. And then the other part of the equation, they're all probably like, who is Hansel Robles? <laughs> and, then, and then they pulled out their phones <laughs> and they looked at Hansel Robles' numbers in Minnesota. They said, this is the guy we got. Now, he ended up working out and Schwarber was great for this team. I wish he was still on this team. I, I don't get how Bloom did that. He made a great move to bring in Kyle Schwarber, fit this lineup perfectly. 
And then he lowballs him. The rumored deal was three for 30 when he got four for 79. I mean, come on. I, I don't know how you make such a great trade for Schwarber and then don't bring the guy back. It's asinine. All right, thanks to Ethan for producing tonight. I will be back with you tomorrow after the Sox and the Rays. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.